Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, hopes that rates have peaked trigger a big market rebound but attention shifts to whether we're heading into a rerun of the inflationary 1970s. First, the good news. Last week provided investors with some much-needed relief after the 10%-plus correction for shares since July and continuing falls for bonds. Both asset classes rallied hard last week as a more dovish tone from the Federal Reserve and a weaker jobs report raised hopes that the US economy is heading for a soft landing. The bond market enjoyed a fall in the two-year Treasury yield to a two-month low of 4.8%. Short maturity bond yields tend to track interest rate expectations, so the week's change of direction suggests that the Federal Reserve is starting to believe it has done its job and will in due course start to cut the cost of borrowing again. That message was reinforced by comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell last Wednesday, when he said that the central bank was proceeding carefully with regard to future rate rises. Rates were held at between 55 and 5.5%, with the Bank of England following suit the day after when it left rates unchanged at 5.25%. The good news was compounded on Friday as the non-farm payroll jobs data delivered a smaller rate of job creation than expected. US companies looked for 150,000 new workers last month which was barely half the amount in September and well below forecasts of 180,000. The jobs data suggested that the Fed is managing to slow the economy gently while avoiding crashing it into a recession. That should mean that interest rates have no need to move any higher in the current cycle. Shares performed, if anything, even better than bonds, with the S&P 500 rising by nearly 6% on the week. That went a long way to unwinding the 10% plus price correction since the recent high point for shares in July. The positive tone spilled over into other markets with the European Stock 600 index up 3.2% on the week and the FTSE 100 up by 1.7%. Ironically, the rally in share prices came just as investor sentiment had flipped to bearish. A survey by the American Association of Individual Investors had moved from 21% bearish to 50% and from 50% bullish to 24%. This is often the way. Investors tend to extrapolate their recent experience, so three months of falling prices have made them more pessimistic. It's a salutary lesson in not trying to time the market, which usually moves ahead of the general investor mood. One interesting aspect of the rally has been its broad-based nature. A characteristic of the past couple of years has been the way in which the biggest shares in the market, especially those seven giant tech stocks that account for more than a quarter of the value of the S&P 500, have parted company from the other 493. The rally last week was enjoyed just as much by the S&P's equal weighted index, and smaller companies, which have been declining for a couple of years now, also rebounded strongly. Whether or not that rebalancing of performance continues has important implications for investors in funds because the dominance of a handful of stocks has made it very difficult for active fund managers to match the overall return of the market as a whole. A more broad-based rally may shift the balance back from passives to active funds.
As we move into November, another notable factor is the seasonality of the market, which sounds like it shouldn't matter, but it does seem to be fairly persistent. If you look at the performance of shares week by week through the year, there is a consistent trend for markets to underperform in both September and October, with stronger performances over the winter and to an extent during the early part of the summer. The peak performance for shares is often around the Christmas period, giving rise to the so-called Santa rally. As with other seasonal effects, the reasons for this are not well understood, but it does argue against allowing yourself to be overly cautious at this time of year, especially after a meaningful correction in prices, such as the one we've experienced over the past three months. More rationally, investors are also looking at the outlook for corporate earnings, and they like what they see. The ongoing third quarter earnings season is coming to a close, with more than 400 of the top 500 US companies having now announced their figures. More than 80% of them have beaten expectations by a reasonable 8% or so. That's not unusual because companies engage in some expectation management ahead of their results, but it is supportive of the narrative that the earnings cycle bottomed in the first half of this year and is moving towards a decent recovery in 2024 and 25. That's the headline story. Scratch beneath the surface and it's a bit more nuanced, however, because the way investors are responding to company results announcements is also sending an interesting message. Investors are becoming less tolerant of companies failing to match expectations, and that probably reflects the reasonable concern that in a higher for longer inflation and interest rate environment, there'll be growing numbers of companies that fail to survive. Against that backdrop, investors are not taking any chances and they're taking no prisoners. So companies that have beaten expectations this earnings season have tended to beat the market by on average 0.7% on the first day of trading after those results. Those that miss expectations, on the other hand, have underperformed the market by a much larger 3.3%. Tech companies have continued to drive both market performance and earnings, but even here, there have been some notable misses. Google owner Alphabet, for example, fell 8% after reporting weakness in its ad business. And there have been similar air pockets among some high-profile European companies. Now, stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, it's clear that inflation remains the main concern for investors. In the short run, the inflation rate is falling back healthily, a bit less so here in the UK. But longer-term, inflation expectations continue to edge higher as markets start to price in a higher-for-longer environment. The worry is that we are in the early stage of a rerun of the 1970s when inflation was allowed to get out of control and it took a decade of interest rate pain and poor market performers to get things back on track. Things are different today. The, the central banks have learned a lesson from the early 1970s when they cut interest rates to counter a recession despite the fact that inflation was running hot at the time. Today, the Fed seems to be looking to keep interest rates at their current level for a while, despite evidence of slowing growth. But only time will tell whether they have the nerve to keep up that hawkish stance. Keeping on top of inflation matters for investors, because outside of a sweet spot of prices rising between 1% and 3% a year, valuations tend to fall back as investors worry about either inflation or deflation. By the time markets bottomed out in real terms in the early 1980s, shares traded on a single-digit multiple of earnings. 
it goes without saying that a correction from today's valuation of nearly 20 for the US market to that kind of level would be very painful for investors in the absence of very strong earnings growth. Fortunately, most other markets trade at a much lower valuation where more uncertainty is already priced in. Another key point is that the correlation between equities and bonds tends to increase in a higher inflation environment. In other words, shares and bonds move in the same direction, whether that's up or down. That makes it difficult for investors to enjoy the benefits of a diversified portfolio and their experience of the markets becomes more choppy. When the value of your portfolio is rising or falling a lot, it can be temperamentally difficult to keep your eye on the long term and avoid making expensive mistakes. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.